0: Welcome to First Importance, the official podcast of the preaching and teaching ministries of First Baptist Church, West Memphis, Arkansas. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and encouraged today by this message. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in the book of Proverbs together? Tonight we close out our study in the book of Proverbs as we have been examining God's Wisdom. You and I desperately need God's wisdom. Good spot for a lot of people to say amen. This is amen, amen, and for beginners. When I pause and do this, I'm, I'm. And the aim is that eventually I don't have to do this. You just, when I say okay, we are in desperate need of God's wisdom. Like we cannot rely upon our own abilities, about, uh, on our own know-how, on our own wisdom. We are in desperate need, ourselves, personally, each and every day. You are in desperate need. I'm in desperate need of God's wisdom just to get through the day. We desperately need that. And we get into trouble a lot of times when we think that we can make it on our own when we can make it in our own strength, when we can make it in our own experience and knowledge, we must rely on God's wisdom. And so the book of Proverbs, God has given to us, written by one who he gave, poured out his wisdom upon King Solomon and is written down for us so that we may receive God's wisdom. Now we've been studying the different facets of that wisdom. So for example, we looked at the, at, how, at God's uh, wisdom regarding our words. What are wise words? What are foolish words? We, we compared and contrasted many different concepts as we looked at wisdom. But tonight, what I want us to do is I want us to see one of the central themes of the book of Proverbs, which is life and death. And tonight, we'll look at it even a little bit More differently, okay? Standing where we are, looking back at the cross, we can see Jesus throughout the book of Proverbs. We can see how Jesus is our wisdom. And so tonight, I want us to see Christ in the Proverbs and looking at life and death. You know, there lies before mankind two pathways. Like that. Great poem states, before us lie two pathways. The pathways diverge and never again do they meet. To the left is a broad and glittering path. For as far as our eyes can see, that road is lined with signs promising pleasures and attractions along the way. Ease, the signs may say, or comfort. The pathway, that pathway, from our perspective, seems to be without hazard or harm. It has a steady and smooth downward slope. So pleasant a slope, it feels the most natural and comfortable travel as if it requires virtually no effort at all to traverse. The sign above that road that lies ahead and to the left indicates its final destination. Death, it reads, that which seemeth right. But the lights and glittering attractions ahead are enough to distract our eyes from everyone but the diligent. And ahead and to the right is the other path. The hill, uh, the, uh, ahead and head to the right, there is a narrow road that diverges. It has a hill. At first, it seems a slight increase upward, and then it becomes more and more treacherous of a slope. It seems to be filled with hazards and uh, perilous cliffs. It, it seems to be unnavigable. As long as it's, along its paths are signs that caution and give warning, hard and heartache. The sign above that road reads life. The book of Proverbs paints for us a similar picture. That before us lie two pathways. There is the pathway of life. And there is the pathway of death. Jesus will say that that pathway of death is broad, and many will choose it. The pathway of life is narrow. Few will find it. Tonight, I want us to look at those two roads of life and death. I want us to see how Jesus exemplifies life in the book of Proverbs and exemplifies to us wisdom and how he is the substance of the shadow of wisdom that we read here in the book of Proverbs. So I know you have your Bibles open to the book of Proverbs. I want you to turn with me first to chapter 3 in verse 1. Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 1. As we look to see Jesus in the book of Proverbs, I want us to see the first theme. One of the most dominant themes of the wisdom of Proverbs is life. It's it's scattered throughout the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. On every single page, you will read this plea of wisdom that leads to life. For example, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, My son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. He's speaking of life. Now look in verses 21 through 22, that same chapter. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul. Two pathways that we are given in life, two pathways lie ahead of us. And the first is that of life and wisdom. There are only two options. There's no pathway in between. There's no side access roads. Wisdom results in life. Foolishness results in death. And here in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1, we hear Solomon crying out to his son, listen to me. Heed my wisdom, hold on to my wisdom, and it will be for you life and length of days. It will be an adornment around your neck, he says in verse 22. In Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 23, the scripture says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. There is uh, no fear of God before mankind today, it appears. There is no understanding or no right understanding from mankind that they will all stand before his judgment and they will answer for every action and every word, every deed, every thought. There seems to be no fear of God before the eyes of people. But the scripture says here, that the fear of the Lord leaves to life. Now, that word fear does mean respect. But I also think that that's a little bit deeper than what we've been led to believe. We've been led to believe, uh, of course, Jesus is our friend. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But when we come before our God in his holiness, there is great fear that seizes our hearts. Look at all of those people throughout Scripture who have approached the throne or who have been shown great grace and mercy to approach the throne of God. And what was their response? Frightened. What about John, the beloved disciple, who at the Last Supper leaned back on the chest of Jesus And listened to him and adored him. He was the beloved disciple. And yet in Revelation, when he sees Jesus, he falls at his feet as though dead. It would do the church wonders if we were men and women who feared the Lord. Who recognized his holiness. Who were gripped. By his holiness, it would do the church wonders if we were men and women who lived every day understanding that our God loves us. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He He comes near to those who are brokenhearted, but he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the only holy one. He is the only righteous king. And as we come before his throne, we should be gripped with fear. Uh, My dad uh, would often tell me, son, I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord. (laughs) And I would say, dad, I think you're teaching me the fear of the board." Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28, in the path of righteousness is life. And in its pathway, there is no death. Now, here's where I want us to begin to look back at these passages and in the book of Proverbs and see Jesus as our wisdom. When we were in chapter 3 and verse 21, the scripture told us that the wisdom would be life. For our soul. Let me ask you a question, church. Who is the author of life? Who is the one who has extended to us life? And we think, oh, we're, we've all been alive here, you know, but uh, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. the mystery that one day will be hopefully more unfolded, maybe we'll see more of it in eternity, but the mystery of how we were ever able to choose him will be amazing. I mean, we know that we choose him only because he has chosen us first, but we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We couldn't have chosen him. We were laying there lifeless until he came along and changed Everything. The proverb says that in righteousness in in uh, this wisdom is life for your soul. I want you to understand something today. Well, Solomon was speaking of God's wisdom here. I believe ultimately he is speaking of Jesus who is God's wisdom to us as we'll learn in just a few moments. Jesus is life for our soul. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, Paul says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, listen, who became to us wisdom from God. Jesus became to us wisdom. We'll learn in a few moments that to the world, the cross is foolishness. Now, when you and I look at the cross, tears well up in our eyes, Uh, chill bumps go up and down our arms, Our heart is gripped with those songs like, On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. For us, not only is it a symbol of suffering and shame, but it's a symbol of the undying love of Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. For us, we look at Jesus and the New Testament. We look at at the account of his life. And to us, it is wisdom. But the whole world looks at Jesus. They look at the cross and they say, foolish, foolish, folly, waste, death. Jesus is our wisdom. It's tempting for believers to say that we move on from something beyond the gospel. Right? We We learn the gospel when we're saved. And then as you progress in your walk, you somehow think that maybe I want to make my theme of my life eschatology. I want to learn about the end times, or maybe I want to learn about what the scripture says about the church. I want to learn about ecclesiology, or perhaps I want to learn about all these other different doctrines, all well and good. And my friends, you should immerse yourself in the scripture, but you're never going to get better than looking to Jesus and what he's accomplished for you. For us as Christians the gospel is a story that we like to put on replay and listen to over and over again. Unless you forget, you were lost. He came and he saved you. While you're an enemy of his, he died for you and reconciled you to himself. Hold on to that. Cling to that. Think about those that moment when Jesus changed your life. Jesus is our wisdom. Doesn't get any better than that. Amen. Jesus is ultimately our wisdom, he is our way. John fourteen, six, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Throughout the book of Proverbs you see these two paths diverge. Will you choose wisdom and with it life? Or will you choose foolishness and with it death? The pathway through Jesus is life. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's nothing truer than him in in a world where we don't know the truth on a lot of things. right? We've talked about this before. You watch the news. You can watch it from five or six different sources and walk away just going, what actually happened? I don't know what actually happened. I've told you over and over again, uh, news, the news is dead. Commentary is alive. That's all that is out there is edit- editorializing. And, you know, you can come and tell me your favorite station later. And I'll smile and say, yeah, they're probably commentating more than they ought to anyways. We always wonder, what is the truth? What is the truth of a matter? My friends, you and I can know ultimate truth in Jesus Oh, the pursuit of truth is all throughout academia. In the world of science, they claim that their goal is to find and define and find what are the parameters of truth. Where did we come from? Where are we going? How does all this come together? You look into psychology. They just want to know what is what is the abstracts of the truth. Here, we find that in Jesus, ultimately, we find The truth, he is our way, he is the truth, and then he says, he is the life. In John 10, 10 through 11, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus is our wisdom, and when you cling to him daily, when you go to have your quiet time, spend time with him, you're not just checking something off your to-do list. You're meeting with him and saying, Jesus, you are my way. You are my truth. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. And I want to spend time with you. I want to gaze upon you in your word today. Why? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our wisdom. He is our way. He is our life. Throughout Proverbs, we see this pathway of life contrasted with the pathway of death. If wisdom equals life, then foolishness equals death. There is no road in between. You're on one path or the other. The scripture says that wisdom calls in the streets in the book of Proverbs, but so does foolishness, and with it is the path of death. Proverbs chapter 9 And her guests are in the depths of Sheol. If life and wisdom are ultimately found in Jesus, then without Jesus is foolishness and death. Proverbs chapter 8 in verses 35 through 36 says, whoever hates wisdom loves death. They not only are just ignorantly there in death, but those who hate wisdom love death. Those who hate Jesus love death. Part of the culture of death that we live in, by the way. You'll notice that in the last several weeks, at the prospect of no longer being able to wholesale slaughter babies in the womb, politicians and people and activists begin to foam at the mouth. They begin to say every reason why we ought to be able to wholesale kill any child for any reason at any time based upon their own convenience. Why? Because they love death. Why do they love the immorality of the moment that we live in? Well, all of the perversions and accepting all of the the things that God has called evil, claiming all of them are right. Why do you think the world loves them? Because they love death. They hate wisdom. They hate Jesus. And they love death. They love to cling to it. They love to cling to that sin. It glitters and it shines and it looks so good. But we know what the end result is. There's a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. We said this in 1 Corinthians one eighteen already. But the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We look to the Proverbs When there is an absence of wisdom, when you choose foolishness, you choose death. And when we look to the New Testament, when you reject Jesus, you embrace death. There's no other means of salvation for all of mankind. Hear me close, hear me close. Ignorance is not an excuse every man, every woman, every boy, every girl will stand before the judgment seat of God. And if their name is not written down in the Lamb's book of life, God will say to them, depart from me for I never knew you. Josh, what about the tribes who have never heard? They're gonna stand before a holy God They're going to stand before him and if their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, if they have not repented of their sins and called upon the name of the Lord Jesus, the Lord will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Now you say, Josh, that's not fair. That's not fair that God would do that when they've been given no opportunity. Or perhaps you may assume that they have been given no opportunity. Can I remind you that all of mankind is underneath the penalty of death? All of mankind lies underneath sin. And the scripture says that there is only one name whereby we must be saved. Ignorance is no excuse. That's why we go out and share the gospel. That's why we crank up gonads, because ignorance on either side of town is not an excuse, and we know that we've been given life. You look at the city of West Memphis, you look at our culture, and you see a culture of foolishness and a culture of death. How do you combat that? Do you combat that with politics? Do you combat that with logic? Well, you sure could try. You could... Show a man, or woman, boy, or girl why it's logical to be a hard worker. You can show a man, woman, boy, or girl why it's logical to, for us to have laws against murder and for you not to take the life of another or why it's logical to not steal. You can make all of those arguments, but our weapon, our aim here is that we combat foolishness with wisdom. We combat death with life. We combat separated from God forever and ever in a place called hell with Jesus. And we bring Jesus to them. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, in verse 7, when the wicked dies, his hope will perish. There lies before you two pathways. The pathway of wisdom, and or the pathway of foolishness, of life and of death. And there is given to man right now an opportunity to respond to the gospel, an opportunity to respond to the invitation of the Holy Spirit upon the heart to repent of their sins and to turn to Jesus. But there's coming a day when that's too late. There are no second chances after your last breath. You've been given this opportunity right now today to respond to the gospel. You've been given these moments to walk the path of life and righteousness, to pursue Jesus and to rescue the perishing, to rescue those who are going off toward death. You've been given this one opportunity and it will never come again. Make the most of the time that you've been given. The scripture will say, redeem the time. Too much time has already been wasted. Too much of the day is already gone. You only got one life. You only got this moment. You don't know what tomorrow will hold. Live this moment for Jesus. Live this moment in the path of life and wisdom in Jesus, would you pray with me, please? Father in heaven, I thank you that ultimately in Jesus we see wisdom in life and that apart from him is death. Lord, let us cling to you. Let us stay close to you like we're trying to stay away from death. Let us hold on to you and seek you early in the morning. And Would your name be on our lips late at night throughout the day? Lord, would our hearts meditate upon you? Lord, would you be our wisdom? Our righteousness, our hope, our salvation, our sanctification. We put all of our hope in you. And Lord, our prayer as a church that we would be people who look to you and find our wisdom. We need your wisdom today. Guide us. We pray it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to First Importance. It is our prayer that you have been blessed by this podcast. We welcome you to join us in person for worship at First Baptist West Memphis on Sundays at 1045 a.m., where our desire is to love God, care for one another, and share the gospel.